Welcome to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast, a space for the spiritually curious to explore faith in new and meaningful ways. Open your heart and mind and journey with your host, Luke Bricker, into greater spiritual freedom. Well, everyone, welcome back to the Spiritual Nomad Podcast. We are out here in beautiful Joshua Tree with the amazing Danny Prada. I don't know about amazing, but I mean, Danny Prada. The ama- I, if anybody could hear the conversation that we've been having for the past hour. It was an amazing conversation we've been having. And so uh, Danny and I have been Insta-friends for quite some time yeah. and have had a similar journey, similar experience, and uh, excited to just roll out and meet you in person and have this conversation. Yeah. So um, as many of our people know, Spiritual Nomad, it, this has been like a, a project for a few years, and I was sharing with you some about it, just how it's been on like an evolution, mm-hmm. which we all should be, right? Mm-hmm. To some degree or another, like on an evolution. I think it was uh, Thomas Merton who said, if you don't look back at yourself five years ago and think you're a heretic, you're probably not growing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, I look back and it's like, oh man, like always in this process of this evolution. And so right. me and you have a very similar yes. story. We have a very similar process of evolution, almost um, simultaneous at mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I started this project and, uh, after like a, a false start church plant and, um, around the same time that you started Heartway right. and it's still going to this day. Mm-hmm. And so I want to talk to you some about Heartway and some about your, your process through all of that. Um, but really just like emphasizing the fact of, of growth as mm-hmm. being a leader, if you will, like that's very Christian terminology, but mm-hmm. like a leader in a space and looking at the growth of a leader, the evolution of a leader as they go through their iterations of their right. self. Right. And, um, just really talk to you a lot about that evolution, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I have been evolving since we started Heartway, <laughs> and what's been beautiful about it is seeing the community evolve with me in a sense. It's uh, it's 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 just a beautiful thing to see like the spirit moving in that way. And what I've realized is like in the past, I used to make myself um, anxious about the role that I'm playing mm. because I thought I was a teacher and yeah. that I was a pastor. Yeah, yeah. And that I am a leader. Yeah, yeah. And so I got lost in the role and in the function of it. Yes. And something happened in me. Uh, Several years ago, it was a shift from like, I am this role. I am a pastor. I am a teacher to I am. Yeah. And just like sitting in that and knowing that and just being and allowing everything else that I do just to flow from the most natural place in me. You know, like there would be times where I used to get ready for podcasts and it was like, all right, I got to read and just figure out like what I want to say and like, okay, this is what I'm going to talk about and that's what I'm going to say and as I've uh, gotten more comfortable with my natural self and as walking with God has become more and more of my natural way of being, everything else as a pastor and leader has flowed out from that. Yes. So easily and smoothly because I'm just being myself. Yes. I'm not trying to be anything else. So I'm not a teacher. Right. I'm not a pastor. I am. Yes. That's it, dude. And that's, that's the, to me, like... That is the space of maturity that we're supposed to be growing into is that Mm -hmm. autonomous identity of being Mm -hmm. unified Mm -hmm. with God into union. And it's like, to me, I think 
the association with all the roles, something that we were just talking about. There's a lot to bring people up to speed on uh, that we've been talking about and riffing on, you know, things I want to talk about. I, I think about that in terms of like, you know, the, the, the desire and these things that drive us, these attachments that we have to identities, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. ways that we can somehow try to make sense of the incarnation mm -hmm. and really just finding ourselves. And I don't know about you, um, I, I think I have an idea of it, but like finding ourselves in time and time again of this place of surrendering mm -hmm. and dying to those uh, attributes of characteristics that we think that we have to embody right. to be someone right. or to accomplish something or to right. perceive. And I was sharing with you about a book right before we got started, um, just about that. It's called like the, um, what did I say it was? Something, Something of surrender. surrender. Yeah. The exercise, the experiment of surrender. That's what it is. And my friend, good friend, Craig Gross, shout out Craig, uh, recommended that book. Um, and it's just been an amazing, I was listening to it, started it and listened to it on my couple hour drive up here from San Diego. And um, what I love about that is just choosing to, at every moment that something is being presented to us, the only will that we have is to mm. be in correlation with yeah. the flow that is presenting itself to us. Yes. And like, even as we talk about our evolution in being in ministry, that's one of the things that really attracted uh, me to you initially online is that here's a guy in, in a traditional space of ministry, but is exploring and searching mm -hmm. and asking mm -hmm. the questions and doing this much the journey that I've been on. Mm -hmm. And like, ultimately, surrendering to the iterations of all of those things right. like that's what each level of the journey is yes is just like shed release yes. let go yes and that's where you find the i amness yes of everything yes uh, and what you're talking about in terms of surrender and will i talk about that as loving what is mm. living in harmony with reality yeah and I have learned so much what the love of God is as I have practiced this. Yeah. This this surrender that you're talking about because to love God is to love what is because yeah. God yeah. is what is. Yeah. So desire is meant to be directed towards what is happening now in this moment. Yeah. And if we can learn how to love and desire what is, now we are in paradise. Yes. Right? Because whether it's good or bad, whether it's positive or negative, we're not just in acceptance of reality. Yeah. We love it the way that it is. Yeah. You know? And, and uh, living like that is, is, uh, it is it is a form of heaven on earth. And that doesn't mean that... There's no darkness, but that's included too. Right. That doesn't mean there's no um, errors to learn from, but that's included too. That's a part of the, that's a part of heaven. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about that first sort of layer of surrender yeah. that you had. You know, something that we were talking about, you started Heartway 2016, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's whenever I moved to San Diego to, to plant. And um, so tell me about like what that was like gathering a community where you were at, I know you were sharing with me, and I've, I've listened to you on another podcast share mm -hmm. about your story, mm -hmm. um, which I'll just plug. If people want to know some more of the nitty-gritty of that, um, you know, that Dirty Rotten Church Kids podcast yes. that you're on, 
check out some of that because I, I kind of want to episode one episode one the the inauguration of yep. it danny danny was there those guys are awesome man. so good so if you want to know i think more about like those a lot of those details i just yeah. want to suggest that For to sure. people because i want to hit some other elements uh-huh, of your story uh-huh. but like so you were gathering people from the sort of um, uh, vocation that you had, you know, mm-hmm. that were in line with that. Can you just talk a little bit about, like, where you were when you were beginning to start your community? Yeah, I had just graduated from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary <laughs> with a Master of Divinity. And um, I was a worship pastor at a church for several years. And so I planted a church in that same community that I grew up and that I was a part of this church in. And so I was very well connected, and we had a bunch of folks come from, uh, from all over to, to hang out with us and, and be a part of our journey. And um, where is it that you wanted me to go with this? Just basically, like, whenever you were forming that, you were forming it in a particular, um, a particular setting, and mm-hmm. then you ended up into going, there was some sort of surrender or evolution that oh, happened. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, what yeah, that yeah. looked like for... Right. Well, so, so basically like, you know, I was coming out of evangelicalism, was coming out of fundamentalism and I was starting this church. I was already asking questions little by little as the months went by. I mean, probably not even a year into, uh, having this church, I was totally deconstructing every aspect of Christianity that was handed down to me. And I, I moved from one fundamentalism, one fundamentalism to another because I went from conservative fundamentalism to progressive fundamentalism. Yes. And I learned a lot in that space and it was, it was very helpful and, and, and good and necessary. And, and I was able to transcend and include that in my story. Yeah. And, um, and the church has kind of been on that evolutionary journey, you know, with me, like we've mentioned, I have, um, I, I have I have gotten to a place where I would say the, the surrender that I had to experience through all of this was the surrender of just belief systems, period. Yeah. You know, so Christianity shifted for me. I can summarize that whole journey. Uh, it shifted from a system of beliefs to a way of being in the world, a way of life. And that's what interests me about Jesus and, and about Christianity is the way of life yeah yeah that this is meant to be and so that's kind of where where we uh put our focus and and where i try to um invite people on on you know on this journey with heartway yeah into this way of life can you uh like as we talk through some of this stuff and i know we've been riffing for a while but like and maybe we're going to ruffle a few feathers here, but uh, I'm totally okay with that and speak as much to it as you would like. But at some point, in the same way for me, like deeply into conservatism, conservatism, mm-hmm. deeply into the Calvinistic reformed thing, uh, really started deconstructing that and then moved my family across the country to plant the church thinking that would be a good idea in the middle of a deconstruction. Wow. But really I was running away from a right. lot of things too, right. in retrospect. Right. I, I didn't want to take over my dad's church you know like I didn't want to do the things that I had to that those images those illusions that I I was sort of forced to take over I'm like I don't I don't want those or something else that's happening same way like and that's what I think why we've connected for so long is I went way pendulum to the other side of progressive Christianity right right. 
And I think that's the most natural Mm -hmm. reaction. And I think it's just that. I think it's a reaction. I think Mm -hmm. when you, when the lights get turned on, on a lot of the stuff in your conservative theological framework, and whenever things begin to become unraveled, the most natural reaction is to try to grab onto some other form. Um, That's, we're humans. We we're scared and we're fearful. And and out of that fear and anxiety, we cling. It's what we're doing all the time. And we do that with the clinging to a ministry position or to a church or to, I am, you know, like I was telling you earlier, I'm an insurance guy too. So like, you know, I am all these hats that I wear on, you know, but you begin to move through that. The point is, is that like, I didn't want that. I was out here. And then I latched onto that progressivism. And then over some years, I began to sort of see through some of that as well. And so I think that once again, like there are, are nuggets of, of truth and value mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the progressive community. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I have friends that, that pastor progressive churches that are friends with me. I worked at a, a progressive church in Oceanside, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for, I was there for a year and a half, you know, which to a lot of people is not a lot of time, mm-hmm. but for someone like me, mm-hmm. that might as well be 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so mm-hmm. 18 months. But so I'm curious about like, whenever that started to happen, like, what were the elements of your faith? Like, what was what was going on through that season of time whenever you started to latch on to more of the progressive standpoint? And then what made you sort of, like, see through the veil of, like, we're not, look, like, seeing through the attachment of both right and left side of this uh, Christian playing field, yeah, if you will? I, I started paying attention to myself um, and uh, how I was reacting to things started paying attention to what was getting me worked up and how I treated people when I was very adamant about uh, particular issues, being seen a certain way. Uh, I started to notice that I excluded and uh, demonized a lot of people and made assumptions about people who were not like me. Yeah. And those began to get shattered, right? So like when I was a conservative and I met a Muslim who seems to be just as loving if not even more than most Christians, <laughs> that opens your eyes a little bit, gets you to rethink some things. You you sit down with an LGBTQ person. Yeah. And you're a conservative. Yeah. And you this is sinful. Yeah. But this this person has a beautiful walk with God, and and there's something about their presence. Those yeah. experiences kind of open you up. Well, when I was very uh, into my progressivism, and after I had healed from a lot of what I've come to know as religious trauma, <laughs> really, yeah. it was a lot of anger and bitterness that I held towards towards religion, what I was taught, uh, the kind of person I was because of that, my upbringing into this. I had to heal from a lot of that. And, and when I was able to, I started to see that when I was when I was in that place, my intention was pure. I was being innocent. Yeah. I thought this was right and true. You know, looking back, I I was like, how could I say that? How could I um, believe those things? Yeah. But I saw my heart and I realized that there was a lot of people in that evangelical world or conservative world or fundamentalist world. I wasn't able to see their heart anymore. Mm. You know, I, I, they were just the labels that I had not put on them. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I had a series of experiences after I kind of healed from my religious trauma where I wanted to reconnect with people that I knew, you know, I, I kind of 
cut that relationship abruptly yeah. because I was moving in a different direction. And if you're not, if you're not accepting, yeah. if you're not open like this, if you think God sends people to hell, then you're just, right. uh, you're the problem. You know yep. what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Dude, and, we, and, and, we're scapegoating right, right, people, right, right, you know? Right. Like, so I started to reconnect with people who I, I kind of burned those bridges with. And um, I that just blew open the, the boxes that yeah. I had them in. And, and I, I had experiences and encounters that opened me up to the realization that people are not their beliefs. Yeah. People are not the labels I put on them. I have to leave room for folks to surprise me and show me who they are mm. every moment and not pin them down into who I think they are because of what they're associated or affiliated with or believe in. And uh, that was that was big. Yeah. It was a big shift for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, with your community, like, and I know that I'm, I'm asking you a lot about your community mm-hmm. and, and what that is just because, like, we're starting a community and I'm just sheer curious about it mm-hmm. uh, but also too like you probably experience online a lot of people ask on instagram where do i find a community like this like right. where can i get plugged in everywhere i go to like there's nothing like this that's happening or going on and so like i want to just kind of showcase in a way like your evolution as a pastor and also as like an invitation for people to that there is others that are walking into a path and there are and there are people that are looking for community. I think one of the biggest things whenever I was trying to start stuff is people that was more uh, open spiritually, uh, open socially, open all of these things, open doctrinally and all of that. Uh, the thing that people would always say, and it was always like other pastors or leaders, they say, you know, that's not going to work because people aren't looking for that. People right. people aren't looking for that. And, and it's best that you just stay the path and it's best mm-hmm. that you just keep your community going in mm-hmm. this beaten path, this direction, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just want to twofold bring that up for people in ministry that are pastors and leaders that, that listen to the spiritual nomad. And also just for people that more, the, the greater population is that people that are looking for a community to be able to be plugged in and involved with. Um, and so I'm curious, like, what are signs of a healthy community um, in this more transcendent sort of expression and experience of bridging uh, the more expansive with some of the more um, linear ways of Christianity? I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, like, what is Heartway to to the people that are there like what does it actually look like to be embodied in a community like that mm. and some of the stories you were mentioning to me a tattoo artist like what are some of the stories that emerge from being in a community like that let me start by saying this like people who are looking for this kind of community or people who want to create this kind of community you were talking a little bit about that at the start yeah here's here's what i've come to see um you know, if 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 we are looking to um, create a big brand or start um, some sort of an organization or uh, become popular and get a big audience, we're already distracted. Yeah, we're already distracted because mm. this is about who you are reverberating from the inside out yeah you know and and community that we're talking about may look small quiet 
intimate, hidden, unknown, unheard of, not recognized, not appreciated, not wanted by most people. Yeah. And that's beautiful in its own way, too. So I think it comes down a lot to what our intention is mm. as healers, as yeah. people who want to to uh, come alongside of other people and help them. Yeah. Which really we can only do by helping ourselves. Yes. <laughs> but we've got to be willing to to allow this to look like what it's going to look like and not put some sort of expectation or standard on it. Yeah. And it's hard today, right, because of Instagram and YouTube and all the wonderful things that we're doing. Yeah. And 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 these are beautiful tools, but it can become so easy for this to just be about money or yeah. safety in a career path or getting noticed. Yeah. All the stuff that it is a part of it and it's nice. But at the end of the day, if that's where where we're looking, uh what what God gives to us may not feel good enough. Yeah. Right, and then we're gonna uh, miss out on really being able to bring that fullness of healing that we can mm. because it's two people instead of two hundred. Yeah, you know. So I think that's the that's the first thing. Uh, it's also been cool to see a lot of people who have a desire to to be healers in this particular way join our community and be a part of what we're doing. Uh, a lot of what I teach is to help people recognize that whatever you do, you are a healer. Yeah in your own way and your uh your job your your relationships your friendships those are all means to an end yeah you know those are all tools that we use to bring this light of love yes into people's lives and um and to embody that and to include them in in just the 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 beauty that we've experienced in in god's presence you know but um but yeah, I you know it's it's we were talking earlier about this this girl who's a tattoo artist at our church, and she was talking to me about the fact that she didn't feel like she's really walking in her purpose. She she's a healer. She wants to help people in this way, but she feels like with what she's doing, she's just kind of wasting her life. Yeah. And I said, well, you do know that in order to be a healer, nothing has to change about your life, right? Yeah. Nothing has to change about it. Because it doesn't matter if you don't have a platform like Heartway or if you don't have a YouTube channel or a podcast that has a bunch of people listening to it. You bring this healing into every space you enter into and every person you interact with is yeah. an interaction with God. Yes. And this is uh, an opportunity there for you. Yes. You know, so uh, so this is this is all about just how we're living our life. This is just a, a part of a part of who we are. Dude, the living and moving and having yes. our being, I think, is yes. just the, the pinnacle of what it means to have a, a just a deep, healthy, whole human existence. 100%. Like that is what it is. And I was mentioning about uh, I was reading uh, or listening to something, some Ram Dass thing, listening to one of his lectures. Ram Dass uh, was at a retreat and he was rooming with this guy and turns out this guy is a, uh, as a lawyer in San Francisco or he, he was running some CEO. That's what it was. He was like CEO of a bank in, in San Francisco. I'm probably butchering it. Bottom line, some big, you know, white collar job. And he was rooming with him for this meditation retreat and he was asking him about his story. And he said that, you know, he moved to India and 
you know, grew his hair and learned how to write Sanskrit and did all of this stuff and lived at the temple and did that for about seven years. And then he was back in San Francisco and he was walking down the street and one of his old coworkers stopped him on the street and he said, Hey, we actually have this super like high up position. You'd be the great, a great fit for it. And so he's like, well, okay. And he was kind of in that same sort of thing that we were talking about, just surrendering to whatever comes your way. And so he's like, all right, I'll say yes to this. And so he says yes to this big high up bank position, whatever it was, and shaved his beard, you know, and cut his hair and, you know, put on a suit and shows up for work. And he's like, I've been doing this now for so many years. Ramdas is like, so what's that been like? You know, that radical transition. And he says, you know, I just, I began to see that it all is the same. Mm. It's, Mm. It's all the same. Whether I'm in India right. at the temple right. learning Sanskrit, right. whether I'm at the at the CEO position at a bank in San Francisco, you know, with my, you know, uh, clean cut self or not, it's all the path. It's all this sort of karma that we're living out and working out and this sort of tension and release that we're always sort of walking into and out of. And, and I love that your encouragement mm-hmm. to this tattoo artist is be a great tattoo artist, show up to every being that's in your midst, present healing and also be your own healing. Once again, been on a little Ram Dass kick again, reading and be here now this morning about the, the only way that I can participate. This is kind of my language, but my interpretation of it is the only way that I can participate in the healing of the world is if I pursue the healing of myself. I help you by helping myself. You help me by helping yourself. And if I don't have that ability or desire or discipline to work on myself, to live into myself, to reveal all of these attachments and identities that I think that I am, if I don't actually handle those things, they will only project Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) onto everyone else around. And that person could easily be like, you could have been like, yeah, we have a discipleship program. Right, right. right. Come on into the, right. we'll get you started with right. a small group. Right. You grow that small group right. to three small groups. Right. We'll church yeah. plant you in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> we'll have Heartway Campus, Fort right. Lauderdale. Like, you know what right, I right. it, yeah, it, it could go that direction and too. And now her healing is directly attached yeah. to the identity of a pastor or church planter. And now we just regurgitate the whole thing all over again, you know? <laughs> when, when your heart is your temple. Yeah. When your internal world is your sanctuary, everywhere you go is sacred. Yes. Everywhere you go is the holy place. Yeah. You're just surrendered. You're in the flow. And the gift that you're giving in every moment, which brings the healing, is love. Yes. So you're not doing anything. You're just being yes. yourself. Yeah. Enjoying life. Yeah. You know, like for me, like some of my, my journey of that has been... Just like this radical, like, you know, reckless abandonment to to the naked now, as Richard Rohr would say, you know, of that there is nothing else. There is no future. There is no past. There is only here. There is only now. And knowing that everything else is a story, it is a narrative that I'm choosing to create as a co-creator, right, with the divine, like, I have the ability to change the narrative like and to have that actually be my reality and and this language comes with that but like as language shifts and some people are would are going to listen to this podcast and they're going to be like luke and danny are 
there's something out in the desert. They're ah. doing something. <laughs> Who knows what they're doing? And it's true. Who knows? Uh. But I think the thing is for a lot of people that are that we're helping that this podcast helps with is people that come from institutionalized right. religions in right. my whole like tagline is like from, um, I can't even remember my own tagline <laughs> from rigid religion yes. to spiritual freedom from rigid I love religion. That, by the way. And it's like religion has that way about mm-hmm. it, you know, uh, but it also has beauty about it too. Right. It literally means to bind together and yes. that's, we're being bound together right now. But I guess my question, uh, for you is like how that language, how you, continue to invite people to the experience mm. of some of this language mm. like what is what has that been like to evolve into yes. new ways of describing the infinite the spiritual nomad podcast is a ministry of current collective church a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to holding space to experience the divine in healing and transformative ways that enable us to live into the fullness of a truly abundant life. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider a tax-deductible donation to support our ongoing effort to reimagine spiritual community. Visit thespiritualnomad.org/give to contribute today. Thank you for your support and partnership. practice centering prayer every week yeah and meditation and i talk about stillness and what that looks like because that's when you begin to taste and Mm -hmm. see what is real yeah you know when you begin to develop this capacity of self-awareness the hesychus of the christian east call it watchfulness yeah self-observation that is all that is needed Mm. to understand yourself and to love what you see Mm. and not even to try and change who you are. Yeah. Not yeah. even trying to change it, but just understanding it, observing it, loving it. Then you begin to see that just by the fact that you are observing it, what you are observing begins to change. Mm. You yeah. know? And, and then it's just grace. It's just unfolding. Yeah. You begin to to become more and more like God. Yes. You become more and more loving yeah. as a human being because you're letting go. You're letting go and 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 you're just you're just watching. Yeah. Watching who you are and that's that's what it's about. You know, for us to get quiet enough to the point where we can let go of every identity we have. Yeah. Yes. Let go of every identity we have. But what if that's too scary, Pastor Danny? That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's scary. You know, it is. It's scary. Yeah. You. Who are you? Yeah. Who am I if I'm not these things that I'm attached to? Yeah. You know, but but uh, it's like Joseph Campbell says, the treasure you seek is in the cave you're afraid to go in. Yes. You know, yeah, of course, there's, there's going to be fear involved, but that's the point. You end up recognizing what fear is. Yes. Yes. Nothing. And seeing the hollowness. Right, right. The hollowness of right. fear. Right. Because one of the big things, and the reason I joke around at that is that's one of the biggest questions that I get is, how do I let go of 
who I've perceived myself to be. Mm -hmm. Because if I let go of who I've perceived myself to be, there's a fear that you'll lose something, which I would argue is just fundamentally in opposition to the goodness of the divine because that's scarcity. Mm -hmm. That's lack. It's thinking that you can lose anything. And just to the encouragement of the people to, to live into that, to release that, that, do we really have a rest and trust that there is a goodness of the divine that is the ground of our being? There's, you know? this, um, there's this really um, cool rabbi that I love. And he said, if you try and save your life, you're going to lose it. Mm. <laughs> but if you lose your life, you will truly find it. Yes. You know, so that's all it is. And and I invite people, we invite people at Heartway into into that experience of, of stillness and awareness. And um, we, we talk about it as descending from the mind into the heart. Mm-hmm. Letting go of the mind. Yeah. And descending into the heart. And, uh, and discovering who you are as love. Yes. Your true nature. Mm. Yeah. But you can only... You can only taste it and experience it for yourself. Yeah. So that's that's why it's important to point people to the experience. Yeah. You know, because the words are just pointers. Yeah. You can't cling to the words. Right. Uh, you know, this is this may or may not be helpful to somebody. <laughs> this right. may be gibberish. What I'm saying may be gibberish to one person, and it may be gold to another. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm just describing to you how I'm experiencing God in life. Yes. What's most important is not that you take what I'm saying, analyze it, and cement it as a belief, and then just regurgitate something that is not even yours. Right. The point is to make spiritual truth come alive within you. Yes. Yes. And so uh, I've had to super simplify this. Mm. And the way that we simplify this is just empty Mm. yourself. Surrender. Yeah. Letting go. Emptying surrendering and abiding in this place of trust trusting in the way life unfolds yeah this is a this is this is not a rational intellectual thing right it's just not you know <laughs> i was having beer part of what we do is we have like thirsty thursdays which is a, a, a very christian uh program to have in your ministry uh but like so we do th- so tonight that's why i have to get back to san diego because we have our thirsty thursdays but like we invite random people. So it's something other than the gathering, you know, people that aren't ready for, you know, singing bowls and worship and right, communion right. and all the sacraments and stuff uh, that we're doing uh, work and um, reimagining those things and recapturing those things. Mm-hmm. But just ways to just invite people to drink beers if that's what they're into. I, love it. I know some of my light work friends would say that alcohol's not good <laughs> for that part of my life, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll get that. <laughs> uh, awakened at some point, I but I just love beer too much, you know. It's uh, fun, dude. So we're at we're at this place, and one of my friends in, invites a guy. Where I don't know, there's maybe seven of us at a table, and this guy that's invited, he's he's still very conservative, very conservative Christian, and then one guy that's there is like, he's uh, he's actually from Germany. He's over here working at some big company in Carlsbad, and um, he's like, so you guys are you know with this German accent that I won't even try to replicate, but <laughs> you got it in your head. He's like. So you guys all like this Jesus person, you know, like he's completely like unchurched, like definitely like, you know, death of God era Europe, you know what I mean? Like we don't, you know, he's like, you guys are all into this Jesus guy. And I'm like, yeah, 
like, you know, like, he's my guru, you know? Right. You know, this other guy's like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, Guru Yeshua, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, like, uh, but this very um, more conservative guy who's, we get along great. He's awesome, you know? We have some similar, like, industry stuff or whatever. And um, he starts saying, it's like, well, you know, Christianity, it's logical. You know, it's just a very logical, rational, uh, mm-hmm. you know, religion. And I'm like, time out, dude. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to stop you. There is nothing, nothing logical or rational about what you're saying. I'm like, you're an Orthodox Christian. And he's like, yeah, I'm Orthodox, you know? Like, uh, I'm like, okay. He's like, I'm reformed, you know? I'm all this stuff. I'm like, tell me what is logical and rational about a virgin birth, Mm -hmm. about a guy who walks the streets and makes blind people see, who literally says what the kingdom of God is, is that the lame would walk, who gets nailed to a cross and then is risen and walks around. He's like, yeah, but it's all about the resurrected Christ. I'm like, the gardener that they didn't (laughs) know was Jesus. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. But the German guy was like, so you are into Jesus, right? He he was kind of like flipped upside down because here I am. I'm like calling this guy out for the the illusion that we had. And that's part of the Western society that we live in. We are so dumbed down into that this is like absolute Mm -hmm. that we think that it's logical like we're so far down the pathway of cultural christianity that we think that it's it's rational and it's it's not you know i mean there's an entire branch of uh christian theology called apologetics right which is defending the rationality yes and if we can only convince people with evidence of the truthfulness of what we're saying then they will be converted to our belief system right Boring. which means that they would just regurgitate bullshit right. at beer nights right. you know? <laughs> that they don't actually and you know have an awareness is, of right right and you know jesus just did not go around teaching people doctrine and theology and beliefs yes he invited people into the union with god that he himself was experiencing yes and uh and that's it until this becomes our our way of being until this is something that reaches our heart um we're just you know i don't know we're playing a different game yeah and I, that's just not um, that's not the way of Jesus, you know. Christianity and religion, and uh, it's gonna get caught up in things like beliefs, you know, because a lot of people have to decipher who's in and who's out. Yeah. And what other way are you gonna do that but by beliefs and lists right. of doctrines and statements and stuff like that? Right. Do you affirm this? All right, you're on our team. You, yep. Do you affirm this? No, then you're not on our team. And we'll burn your ass at the stake. Right, you know? right. <laughs> Today, that's and, Twitter. You know, so, <laughs> right? You know, and so and so people are arguing about beliefs and interpretations and viewpoints, and I think what uh, what people like us are doing is 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 saying, listen, open up your eyes, mm-hmm. open up your eyes, because this is not about any of those things. Yeah, it's not about. The beliefs and the doctrines, this is about uh, tapping into the love of the heart. Yes. This is about seeing God in everything and in everyone mm-hmm. and uh, allowing that to change the way that you live. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is, you know? I love that uh, one of like, my favorite of the canonical gospels is uh, John, you know, and his interaction with Nicodemus. And he, he's, so he's talking to somebody who already knows law, right? You know, telling this to eat to a seminary graduate here, but like, what I love about that is he's like, okay, if you get all of that, here's what it's really about. 
and he says, you have to be born from above. Right. It's this spiritual transcendence mm -hmm. that doesn't have a name. The spirit blows where it may. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it doesn't have a label. It doesn't have a tradition. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have any of these things. Jesus was not only purifying his Jewish religion, but transcending right. his, his Jewish right. Hebrew tradition. Right. And so I think like, cause people will say like, Jesus did teach people about the law and Jesus did teach people in a sense about like doctrinal things. And like, I would even argue that it's like, you know, it's just in the same way that a Zen master is going to teach different things to different levels of his students, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like there's going to be some sort of formation at the beginning until you see the transcending of all of those things. Mm -hmm. And when he's talking to this like very high up religious elite, he's like, born of the spirit that has no name, mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. I am that which I will be. Mm -hmm. And it's like whatever avenue that comes from, the wherever the healing, wherever. yes, wherever that wind blows, wherever that healing comes from, we welcome it. We accept that. And it's, it's hard to build a community on that, well, you know? But. you know, I mean, we for so long have been taught to um, ascend to God through knowledge. Yeah. Right? Attaining knowledge. And I have found that the reverse is true. The way that you attain God is through not knowing. Mm. Yeah. Through relinquishing mm. our over-dependence and identification with knowledge. And to simply not know. In a world where nothing is certain, ignorance is true knowledge. Yeah. Because nothing is certain. Anything can happen from one moment to the next. Right. And we don't really know. Right. We just don't know. That's the beauty of the theological and philosophical journey that God took me on. Yeah. I approached this place of not knowing through deep investigation into the world of theology and philosophy, exploring the essence of what life and reality is. And... I realized that there uh, <laughs> were a million different directions in which arguments could go. Everybody has a different argument than everyone else. At the end of the day, my reasoning faculties failed me. Mm. And I realized I can't capture reality mm. with words and with concepts because everyone has a hole in them. Yeah. There is no theory of everything. Yes. And so when I was able to go to the pinnacle, which is reflecting on matters of life and existence itself, which is what we're talking about, yes. right? Like we reflect on the the essence of existence. Yes. Like what else right. to do? You saw <laughs> we're on this planet. Okay. I didn't choose to be here. You didn't choose to be here. Right. So to inquire about your very own nature is the ultimate journey. That's the spiritual path. And I started that intellectually trying to wrap my mind around this mm. as I expanded even beyond the world of theology and philosophy and went into science. Yeah. It got even more weird and complex. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, the gift that that gave me was I got so frustrated. I got so caught up in my mind. I, I wasn't able to find that ultimate theory and system of theology that I had to give up the entire thing. Yeah. Even my very pursuit of God, I had to give up completely. Empty, 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 empty. And now mm. I know that I don't know. Yeah. And I have uh, been able to 
with the help of, of other teachers and, and the Spirit's help in applying what I learned because there's a lot of wisdom. That's the beautiful part about religion and spirituality is that we, we have to figure it out on our own, but we don't at the same time because there's a lot of, we have access to a lot of wisdom that we didn't earn yet. Yeah, you that's know? true. Like, that's so true. And, and so good way to it's put good it. to, to hear that wisdom and, and to check if it's true for yourself. Yeah. Right. So with the help of the wisdom of others and, and going on that journey myself, testing and proving these things for myself, you know, I've um, I've been able to dwindle this not knowing down to even what's going to happen in the next moment. Mm. You know, so, yeah, my wife and I have plans for uh, tonight, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm not attached to that. Yeah. You know, so now when I have a judgment about Luke, did you see what Luke was wearing? Man, or whatever, you know, let's do something more serious. Let's do something more serious. Like, man, that guy Luke, you know, he's just, he just seemed kind of full of himself. I don't know. Yeah. Now, I know that I don't even know if that's true. Right. That's an assumption. Mm. And if you inquire even deeper, you start to realize that's a projection. Mm. You know, so... Evagrius Ponticus, he was an a ancient monk in the Christian East. He defines prayer as the letting go of thoughts. That's this surrender, this emptying yes. that I'm speaking of. And he also says this uh, wonderful quote in the Philokalia. Have you ever read that? Not read it, but I'm familiar with it. Man, so that book, the Tao Te Ching, are like my Bibles. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I That's read the it. Bible. I like the Bible too, but it's all right sometimes. Yeah, all right. I feel like I got my fill in I've, my, I've, my I've, 20s. I've been know? there, been there, done that. I mean, you know, exactly. No, but the, the Bible always speaks afresh too. It but, does, yeah. But, anyways, in that book, the Philokalia, which is like basically it's, it's a compilation of the wisdom teachings of many monks and mystics of the Christian East over mm. like 10 centuries or something. And for them, that's like it's the Bible and then it's that book. Wow. And so Evagrius Ponticus, in, in that book, he has a quote where he says, um, do not allow any thought to enter into your heart without questioning it. Mm. And the question to ask is, is this true? Mm. Right? And then if you sit in that long enough, you realize, can I know anything is certain and true for sure? Most people are on a quest for that kind of absolute truth. Yeah. And it does exist, but it's not something that uh, you capture through rationality. Right. Right. You know, um, absolute truth is what is. The ground of being. Right. Is the absolute. Right. Yes. Life, without your interpretation and judgment, is absolute truth. Yes. And it's always showing itself to you. Yes. And so absolute truth can be accessed on the other side of recognizing uh, that truth can be relative yeah. at the level of the intellect. And so not knowing, you go deep enough into this not knowing, you enter into humility. Mm. And there's a wonderful Bible verse that says, God gives grace to the humble. Yes. I know what that means. Yeah. I'm not calling myself humble, but in those moments. Hey, man, you'd be like those, Moses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like Moses. No, no, no. But in those moments when life has humbled me. Yes. Mm. In those moments when life has humbled me. Yes. 
I've I've been able to taste grace. Yeah. As I've uh, sat comfortably in the humility. Yeah. And um, that's it, man. If we can stay there, humble, yeah. surrendered, not knowing, all that leaves is complete and utter dependence on God. All that leaves is faith. Yeah. All that leaves is trust. And how did we say it? We walk by faith, not by sight. Right. Right? So it's not something that we can see and rationalize and conceptualize. It's literally walking into the unknown. Yes. Those That's the... what faith is. Yes. I think it's so crazy that we've made faith about absolutes and yes. doctrines and Y equals MX plus B right. sort of stuff. Right. And I think a big piece of this too is just about like wisdom through experience of like getting older. I know that I'm, I'm super young. I don't know how old you are. I'm 31. Me too. Really? Yeah. And it's just like there's something about like... And I used to defend this and get with this rhetoric that people are saying, you know, wisdom doesn't come with age. You know, you can be young and be wise, which I think you can. Mm -hmm. I think it's the exception, not the rule. Uh, You know, just and I'll probably say that to myself in 10 years or whatever. But the point is, is that like this sort of place of humility, of unknowing, of truly dying to self, I think comes from just a, a big piece of life experience, which probably happened a lot through your your chaplaincy and doing mm-hmm. that and when you're you're face to face with real life mm-hmm. in people mm-hmm. and you're actually walking with people through like I remember I was you know in my early mid 20s and you know my dad wanted me to take the church over so clearly he wants me to start speaking on the weekend and I'm like just regurgitating old trigger warning Mark Driscoll yeah. sermons oh, I used to love him dude I loved him because I was young I devoured everything I was I was aggressive I played in hardcore bands so it was all about being aggressive right. and this right. dominance Macho. And, yeah and it's you know stage dives and punching people in the face you know and so it's like Mark Driscoll was the the Christian preacher equivalent right. to like death metal you right, know what I mean right, right. and like at least that's how it registered in my head and so I would just take his sermons completely plagiarize them and yell at people three Ah. times my age on a Sunday morning. And, uh, you know, I won't tell you where to find those because they're still floating for better or for worse. But I remember, and I was just talking to my wife about this the other day about how it's like, we have this sort of license whenever we think we know without a shadow of a doubt. And that gives us a place to speak about these theories as absolutes with complete neglect of people's actual real life experiences and who they really are and the real connection to themselves and to their family and what's going on and with work. And I look back and I'm like, who was I as a 24 year old to be yelling at somebody in their mid twenties that's probably had a rough week at work. They're coming here to church because they think that's what they're supposed to do. Right. Trying to find a little bit of upliftment, you know. Right. And here's some young punk ass kid yelling at them that if they're doing X, Y, and Z, that they yeah. are not in God's grace. Wow. Like so much repentance has happened over oh, the year. In man. the truest sense of the word. Trust not in me, this not in the bullshit sort of yeah. Christian I mean, a real sort of reorientation of heart Mm -hmm. and acceptance of forgiveness Mm -hmm. you know that I have to give myself that Mm -hmm. I was doing the best I could in that moment whatever you know a real forgiveness you know and even have called people and apologized for the way that I've treated Mm -hmm. them and whenever I thought I was being Mm -hmm. holy and Mm -hmm. righteous Mm -hmm. and um, thought that's what came with the territory Mm -hmm. of being a teaching pastor Mm -hmm. and um, I think what happens is we, we do resort to that mental understanding 
we find some sense of safety and security there. We are always searching and seeking for it until we realize that the divine wants to meet us in the place of yes. Yes. this. Everyday life. Everyday life in the moment of gentle surrender yes. and an open ear. I love yes. Jesus says, I can only do what I see my father and what my father in heaven is doing. So that means I am completely died to whatever false projected small self that I have mm -hmm. to live in to the higher places mm. of seeing, to the vantage points from above. You know, yes. we can see from up here, yes. the planes in the background. The only way we can do that is from that space. And you have to, the only way you can elevate to see what the Father is doing, for lack of better terms, mm. uh, is to release that attachment to the yes. to the known. And yes. to the unknowing yes. is where the fruit of life begins to bear seed, you know? The, um, the ancient Greeks have these three maxims. Mm. They're actually written in an ancient temple. And these maxims are like summaries of my spirituality. I couldn't say it any better. Mm. Know yourself, everything in moderation, nothing is certain. Mm. These were humans thousands of years ago who just yeah. said, hey, we're just going to write this down, whoever <laughs> wants to, all right? Three things. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Know yourself, who you really are beyond the conditioning of society. Yes. And education and family and culture and church and religion. Yes. I oftentimes tell people this because this is where my journey has taken me in. I've been an only child my whole life. And I used to be very lonely mm. because I was alone. Mm. Now I'm still alone, but I'm not lonely. <laughs> And I love being alone. In fact, I had to become more alone than I was yeah. <laughs> to truly discover myself yeah. beyond what everybody else expected me or wanted me to be or what everyone else thought that I was. Yeah. Until we can learn how to be like an island unto ourselves, completely uh, self-sufficient because we understand that there's a wellspring of spirit within us. Yeah. yeah. By self-sufficient, I mean God-sufficient. Right. Yeah. Until, Listen to enough Alan Watts right. and one becomes the other, right? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> until, until uh, you know, you are able to become whole and complete within yourself, um, you're, you're going to be searching for something that you will never find because you're looking outside. Instead of looking in. And so it takes moving away, right? This is a pattern in the scriptures. Jesus spends 40 days in the wilderness. John the Baptist lived in the wilderness, right? Like you have to go away from the crowds yeah. and get alone. Yes. And get quiet and begin to, to notice how you have been programmed and hardwired. Mm -hmm. And then you come to recognize that none of that is you. Yeah. And as you let go and you sink into this unknowing, which is another word for faith and trust, you discover who you are in God. Yes. And it's I love the way uh, Paul phrases it. It's no longer I who live. Yes. Right? But the Christ who lives in me. Mm. So it's 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 like my experience is I looked within myself and I found no one there. Mm. <laughs> so good. I just I found no one there. 
I found nothing. Yeah. No one. You know, there's this uh, teacher that I love. Her name's Byron Katie. Have you ever listened to her work? No, I haven't. She's she's wonderful, and she uh, she says all that's left of me is you. Mm. She says that to people that she interacts with. She's like, all that's left of me is you. I love that, <laughs> and and that's whenever you, like Jesus, you go out to the desert, you go out to the wilderness, and you're met with the ego of temptation mm-hmm. to pursue all of these other things. And whenever you die to whatever that is, now there's emptiness to be. Like Jesus, the greatest empathizer, healer of all, he walked around and absorbed literally the sins or the, the all of the things of people to make them whole, yes. you know? And that's exactly, she's phrasing yes. essentially the life of Jesus. Yes. All he had left was the people that he was there to, to serve, mm-hmm. to give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, the only thing he could give mm-hmm. is, is out of a place of emptiness mm-hmm. for a, a divine flow through yes. and absorb yes. them into that flow. Yes. It's like this, yes. that is living trinity. You yes. know what I mean? Like yes. It, it's, yes. To be empty is to be empty of self-image. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. We, we uh, relinquish all identities in the sense of not holding on to any sort of image of ourselves. Yeah. So what is Danny Prada? I mean, if I really wanted to create a self-image right now, yeah, I'm a pastor. Uh, I'm a husband. Um, I'm a spiritual leader. I'm getting my doctorate. I'm about to finish that up. And yeah, this is what I do. And, you know, I'm a confident guy and or whatever. I can just make up a bunch of BS about who I think Danny is. Yeah. Then you get stuck in these identities. And when you're holding on to an identity or an image of yourself, when that gets threatened or when you feel it gets threatened from other people, now you feel like you have to protect it. And then now you're at war with reality because you don't really know yourself. Yeah. You think you're something you're not. And any image or identity outside of God is faulty and, 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 you know, it just has no substance to it. Right. It's not real. Right. You know, so I rather not know who I am. Yeah. I rather not know who I am. I am whatever I am right now. Yeah. And tomorrow I will be whatever I will be. Yes. And you're under no obligation to uphold who you were yesterday, today, or tomorrow. Right. And there's freedom for the evolution that comes with that. Yes. This is what we're talking about here is just being the most natural you. Yes. That you are. Yes. That's it. Yeah. And uh, and and I observe myself with love and gentleness, mm. and I I allow life to correct me. Let's not be afraid of failing or making mistakes. The warning signal for me that I'm I'm getting off track is any sort of uncomfortable emotion. Mm. I welcome those. I don't shun them away. I welcome all uncomfortable emotions as indicators to me. That I am now identifying with ego. I'm, I'm identifying with thought. I'm identifying with some sort of self-image. I'm, I'm looking for control. Yeah. And uh, that helps me to realize, hey, you're clinging. Yeah. And then I could just let go and, and surrender there. Yes. And if that happens over and over again in my life, I'll continue to return home. Mm. But I, I'm very comfortable at home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there, there's a time in the spiritual journey where 
you oscillate. Mm-hmm. You know, one moment you're you're here, the next moment you feel like, all right, now I'm back. Yeah. And then, oh man, I lost myself again. Right. And now I'm back. You know, and then you lose yourself completely. Yes. Yeah. You know, in the best possible way. Yes. And and then now you're at home with yourself. Yes. Like I'm not against myself, and that's what I think is important for people to know. Like, if it, if it, if it, if this is really just all God living in us and through us, just let that be what it is. Yeah. You know, I, I don't really know how to describe it other than everything is God to me. Yeah. And um. And I'm not going to be against myself. Yeah. Ever. So many people are against yourself. And that's part of some of the culture today of like, this is where it differs from self-improvement in some ways. Right. Self-improvement is saying that there is something to be improved. Right. Where this is dying to that yes. notion and yes. living into I am enough and fullness is already yes. there. I love like, um, I did a video, I don't know, a year ago or something about uh, the true meaning of sin. Sin literally means to miss the mark. We mm-hmm. think it's like moral wrongdoings, mm-hmm. you know, but it just means to miss the mark or, or better translation. And the Luke Bricker version is out of alignment, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and, and when your car is out of alignment, you can feel the whole, it still runs. It still functions. Right. You can still do it. My car actually needs an alignment. I was driving out here. I'm like, oh man, but it, it shakes and rattles sometimes and whatever, you know, but like to be in alignment is to be in tune and it's so smooth that you don't even notice it. And what yes. you're talking about is when you're that absorbed in God, when you're that absorbed into the identity that transcends all of the things, mm-hmm. you're not noticing the shakes and the vibrations and all of these. It's certainly those things come, but you're living in line. Yes. You're living in tune. You're living in flow. Yes. And when you surrender to that flow, now you can look at all those things, those points of friction or just simply that. They're points of friction. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Like, this is me trying to, like, I went back, we went for two weeks back to Indianapolis where my family is now. And, um, you know, so I was born in Miami and then we moved to Indianapolis where I was a kid. And there's so many times where there's friction with me and my old identity there and what everybody assumes that I still am and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. And with my parents and staying with my parents and my mm-hmm. in-laws for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I just really pressed into that idea of like, these fric- these parts of friction, this is just sandpaper. Right. And now you begin to look at your life as all of the things that are happening is just sandpaper on the rough edges and I'm being continuously shaped. There's nothing wrong with me. Mm. There's nothing bad. There's mm. nothing that I need to improve or mm. get rid of or whatever. These are just shaping. I'm just shaping into and, the divine yes. alignment. And to be completely and totally vulnerable and unashamed. Yeah. That is... Adam and Eve in the garden again. Yeah. Yes. And when we, to be against yourself is to judge yourself, Mm. to condemn yourself. And all of our judgments and condemnations of other people stem from that. Yes. There is a direct correlation between the amount of guilt and shame we carry and how we judge other people. 100%. When you stop judging yourself and being against yourself. Yeah. Right? Like, I've entrusted the past into the mercy of God. Yeah. You know, I take full and total responsibility for everything that I do. And I learn and I grow, but I love myself. Yeah. Because everything is teaching me. Yeah. Everything is showing me more of God because I've I've uh, sunk into my heart. My intention is is to open myself up to the divine. 
Yeah. Now everything becomes a, a, a tool for that. Everything, yes. everything brings me back for that to that. So what is what 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 does it mean to to you know not be aligned? I mean, even when I'm not aligned, I'm aligned. Yes. Yes. You got what I'm saying? Right. Because yes. because God has opened up the eyes of my heart. Yeah. And God can and everyone's heart eyes can be open. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it begins by relinquishing the judgment. Mm. It's the knowledge of good and evil that made Adam and Eve feel ashamed. Mm. My nakedness is bad. My humanness is bad. Mm. You know, so if we can if we can just sink into my my humanness is good. Yes. Original even, goodness. Yes, even the bad is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, because it's all showing you God. It's all showing you to yourself. Yeah. And uh, that's it, dude. That's 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 what it is. And this is the work of a lifetime. I think. Yeah. You know, but it is it is uh, what else? What else do we give ourselves to? Yeah. And why? Right. It's like everything else is vanity. What am I going to do with my existence? Like get a lot of money. I. <laughs> yeah. Fine. I mean, I guess not. I don't really care. Like. Right. I just don't care about that. Yeah. I know it's not going to bring me fulfillment and happiness. I mean, I feel like I have a lot of money now. Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, we don't compared to a lot of people, but we do. Yeah. You know, and that's enough, you know, to godliness with contentment is great gain. Yes. Right. Yes. So becoming, becoming enough, the awareness of enough as being not just something to deal with, but something to be, yeah. that's, that's a heart space to be anchored into. Like right. enoughness turns into like, well, it's enough. No, like it turns it enoughness turns into joy. Right. And enoughness turns into the pursuit of my right. life. You've, you, you know? have found that treasure of the kingdom. Yes. So you, there's nothing to look for. It's the pearl of great price. You're man. not going anywhere. <laughs> you're not achieving anything. You're not accomplishing anything. People may think like, that's just a boring life or you're wasting your life. Well, this feels like the fullness of life to yes, me. Yes, wholeness. This feels like the fullness of life because this is enough. Yes. You know? So I'm not going to really go pursue after money. My calling as a pastor and heartway and stuff, this is fun. This is play for me. Yeah. It's how I feel, you yeah. know? And I'll, I'll do it. You know, for as long as I feel inclined to do it. Yeah. And then if I don't do it, I don't. Or if it evolves into something else or I become something else or do something else, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you don't need anything, you can play with everything. Yes. Yes. And uh, that's that's how I feel. You know, that's 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 what it is. And that's you being a, and I'll just, we'll end on this note of that idea of uh, a full-time healer. Right. A full-time right that. healer. That's it. That is it. This that is, is just, it. This is just... Who you are. It's who you and are. Who you are oozes out of you. Yes, whether you're paid for it right. or you have the title right. or you have this or that, you know, right. it's a full time healer. And yes. and you know, like I was saying, my my friend that just mentioned that in passing about one of her her clients who was going to go a different route with their life, and she just said, yeah, they're they're pursuing the route of being a full time healer. And man, I just keep having that, and I feel like. That's who you are, Danny. Right. You're, you're a full-time healer. That's right. who I want to be is a full-time right. healer. Right. I might wear the hat of, you know, uh, you know, whatever, spiritual nomad personality, right. Right. you know, right. current collective church right. pastor. Right. 
commercial insurance guy. There's my boring hat, you know, but pays the most. Right. Hey, <laughs> but whatever you gotta what do, don't doesn't matter because right. in in the midst of all of that is healing for myself and showing up as to be a presence of healing. Because I have conversations with people about their business for their insurance, and I show up as a presence that they've not experienced before, and they experience a taste of healing mm. on a phone call with a guy to get them liability mm. for their construction company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it goes back to the tattoo artist. It doesn't matter right. the the actions or the responsibilities. Right. It's the the to that. And I just love that that is manifesting itself through you as being the leader of Heartway. That's manifesting itself as you being someone who is helping people come in a, in a very um, specific way, you know, mm-hmm. through, you know, speaking and things like that, but not limited to that. Right. Not limited to that. Right. The guy that you just saw whenever I was trying to find this place uh-huh. and you met the artist yeah. at the coffee shop. Right. You were the presence of wholeness in that moment. And That's it didn't it. get on Instagram stories or anything. Know, else. Maybe it did. I don't know. but It didn't. But, you know, I'll say this too, like... I actually really don't ever come in to an interaction with somebody with the intention to heal or help anymore yeah. or teach. That's a good good point to emphasize, please. You know, and um, I actually come in with this openness and ready to receive. Yeah. And somehow that receptivity and openness and love... And presence becomes a gift to other people. I don't know how. That's the miracle of the spirit. Yeah. But I'm I'm coming in just ready to receive. Yeah. In every interaction. Mm. And and that's that's what it means to to truly embody healing. You know, because everybody is on their own journey. And I'm not the medicine. Yeah. I point people to the medicine. Yes. But I'm not the medicine. My, the medicine I take is in me. Yeah. And there's some medicine for you to take, too, in you. Yeah. And you'll take it whenever you take it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just here to, to love, make space, and and just be, a, be who I am. Love is the answer. So good. It's been fun, bro. I appreciate you, too, man, and what you're doing and our Thank connection. Thank you for listening to yeah. the Spiritual you know, Nomad Podcast. Like, As always, we would love for you to subscribe, leave a review, and share this channel with a friend. If you would like to financially support the Spiritual Nomad Project, visit thespiritualnomad.org. To contact Luke, you can email him directly. Luke at thespiritualnomad.org. Or send a direct message on Instagram. Until next time. Of Grace, it in my life peace, and love. Because it just, it's a its a part of me and it oozes out of me and then you, you get connected with like-minded people. So this has been a gift. All I have to say, you're a gift. So thank you. Dude, you're a gift. Love, lovely conversation. Yeah, dude. Lovely time together. Thank you and Emily, your wife, for letting me crash your Airbnb and Joshua Tree. And I uh, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Yeah,